I want to talk to you a little bit about a sponsor we uh, just uh, welcomed to the program. It's called Barrel Buddy. Um, if you clean your guns, it is, uh, it's impossible to clean it and you know, remain clean yourself. It's, it's, my wife won't let me even clean the guns in the house, and uh, it's just a pain in the neck. Barrel Buddy makes it. I don't. I, it's one of these things that you will try, and you'll be like, "Why didn't somebody think of this before?" It's a little polymer that you uh, you put through, you push through the barrel, and it cleans all of even the rifling in it. I've I've never seen anything like it, and it is just super super clean. Keeps all the mess at bay. It's uh, it's Barrel Buddy. It's great. Just try it. BarrelBuddy.com. If you clean your guns, which you do, right? You clean your guns, BarrelBuddy.com. Actually, Stu doesn't, but good luck with that, Stu. I, I mean, I clean the outside of them. They're nice and shiny. Is that what you're talking about? BarrelBuddy.com. That's BarrelBuddy.com. Go there now. All right. Radio broadcast begins in a minute. Okay, well, today's going to be an interesting day. We have got a few things. First of all, the uh, kicking out of McCarthy, which I'm a little torn on. Thank God. Thank God somebody is standing up. However, on the other hand, I don't see a plan. And that makes me, oh, I don't know, a little nervous. So we're going to talk about that. Mark Levin is going to be joining us. He's got a new book, Why the uh, or the Democratic Party Hates America. We're going to talk to him in about an hour from now. Also, we have a, a couple of big breaking stories. One of them is about January 6th. January 6th, we now can prove that the hero cops actually perjured themselves on the stand, told a story that never happened because we know when it was supposed to happen according to their testimony. And we now know because our investigative journalist followed up on all of this and actually got access to the Capitol tapes, knew exactly what he was looking for and can prove, can prove now, mm-mm. That's not what happened. In fact, one of you wasn't even there. Wait until you hear this breaking story. By the way, people went to prison for a very long time under the testimony that the FBI had to know was false. And one other breaking story. This one is so frustrating and something that has kept me up at night. 
And I'm going to talk about it in 60 seconds. Kaylin wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, I just can't believe I'm not hurting anymore after using Relief Factor. I've been hurting for years. Today, I'm pain-free. I tell all my friends about it every chance I get. Relief Factor is great. I just wanted to say thank you. Kaylin, thank you for writing in and for giving Relief Factor a try. If you're living in pain in your life, I want you to give Relief Factor a try when I finally started taking it. Everything in my life changed. Three-week quick start. That's all they ask you for. 1995, three-week quick start. Million people plus have now taken Relief Factor, tried it, and 70% of them go on to order more month after month. Why? Well, I don't know, but I know why I did it. It works for me. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four, Relief. 800, the number four, Relief. ReliefFactor.com. Alrighty, Stu, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. My life is good. How is yours? My life is great, too. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, good to hear. So, um, well, let me start this the way I was going to start it after hours of show prep. Uh, there is a story out about Tim Ballard and Operation OUR. And I am not going to comment on rumors. And I didn't know how to address this. There were stories that were going around that there were these women that uh, Tim... I, 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 what would you say? Because there's nothing illegal charged in this. I guess was just, you know, on missions with and uh, and you know uh, broke his his marriage covenant with his wife, and he has been all over uh, saying that he doesn't really know what the charges are. Uh, he doesn't know who his accusers are, uh, and. Uh, and none of the things that they say is true. And for several days, when it first broke, I and some others uh, were on the phone with, with Tim all the time. All the time. Uh, at 3 o'clock in the morning, on Sunday morning, just a couple of weeks ago, I'm on the phone trying to talk him down. If... This is true, then you have something to worry about. But you say this isn't true, so trust in God. And uh, his story started to fall apart by Sunday. And I came in on Monday, and I don't even know if I said this on the air. I doubt I did, but... uh, I was so close to ending the show about 20 minutes in. I looked at Stu in the first commercial break and I said, I can't, I can't do this because I don't know what's true anymore because I had been friends with Tim Ballard for so long and I had felt completely duped. And I, and, and if I thought, if I don't know that about somebody who I'm close to, how can I possibly come on the air and tell people what is true? I have no idea, obviously. 
But I didn't want to say anything until we had facts. And quite honestly, I don't trust anybody with facts. I don't even trust me. I I didn't want to do the investigation on my own. I'm not an investigative reporter. And I wanted something. I wanted something that you could read and come to the end and go, okay. So hundreds of man hours in an investigative story. Hundreds of man hours. It has consumed much of the work at Blaze Media for the last two weeks. Uh, And it has consumed me waiting, waiting, waiting. Last night I got the story. And it was supposed to be published and I got it last night because I was going to share it with you. Uh, And then we got a call from attorneys (laughs) now this story we checked with tim ballard we talked to i believe five different women that are making these charges and our and the charges are pretty ugly and we were hoping to publish on monday but we still couldn't get tim to go on record And so we didn't feel it was right to just have charges and not answers for that. So we talked to everyone, and our goal was to be fair and honest. And I think this is one of the fairest articles I've read in maybe 20. It's because it's journalism. That's what it is. It's journalism. It's not gotcha. It's nothing. It's journalism. And it's simply looking for the truth. You're saying we and our a lot. Did you have anything to do with the actual no. journalism in the story? I mean, we because of Blaze Media. Okay. Okay. You weren't. I, you didn't I, do I the investigation. Not, no. No. And I didn't want anything to do with the investigation. In fact, I, I, when the story was handed, somebody reached out to me and said, the women want to tell their story. They want to tell it to you. And I'm like, mm-mm. I'm too close to it. I don't want, I, uh-uh. Because yeah, Tim's a friend. Yeah. And he's been and, a friend for a long time. And I was beginning to feel betrayed. And I also, so I was torn. I could either, my friendship could cloud it. Or the fact that I was starting to feel, if I started to believe them, maybe I would go too far. Right. And, you know, slaughter. And I didn't want to do either of those things. Okay. I just want to know the truth. That's all I want. And so when they called, I called, it was passed on to uh, Leon Wolf, our news director. And I said to him and the, the journalists beforehand, I have nothing to do with this. I just want you to know we're coworkers, <laughs> but don't think that you don't ever think, well, this is going to bother Glenn or this is going to nothing. Pursue the truth. I don't care how it ends, where it ends. I just want to know the truth. So they did. And my gosh, we bent over backwards to make sure we checked and double checked and did all of the investigative stuff that we're supposed to do. 
And I have opinions now because I've read the story. But uh, I can't read the story to you now. And I'll tell you why I think this happened. Last night, late last night, apparently the attorneys for the women called and said, you can't publish this. We didn't give permission. And we're like, yes, you did. And it's all on tape. Um, and they said, well, we haven't, you know, we're their attorneys. We haven't given permission. We're like, well, sorry. Um, however, we said we wouldn't run it because we're not going to re-victimize people. If, if their story is true, then I'm not going to be a part, and the Blaze Media is not going to be a part of re-victimizing people. Here's what I think happened, and I'll give you two scenarios, but what I think happened all through this story, these women were terrified. Terrified. I know I talked to um, a guy who was a inside source, um, and he said he is so worried he's moving his family away when this story breaks. That's how terrified he is. These women are not only terrified because, quite honestly, Tim Ballard is a is known as a good guy. He is liked by a lot of people. He was a friend of mine. I still consider him a friend, but a friend, I think, who is gravely misguided and needs to change his ways. With that being said, I still could be wrong. I wasn't there. But I have seen the text messages. I have, I have read the quotes and listened to the tape of the interviews. And I will tell you, I believe one side. But I could be wrong. And it brings me no joy to say this. I found out about this with the attorneys after doing all of the show prep on it and everything else. Uh, I found out about this, what, 35 minutes ago? That I couldn't share the actual story with you. Um, but I will, tell, I will tell you that it is disturbing and... I would urge the women who are involved to call their attorney and give permission. I know you're afraid, but the truth sets you free. Let the chips fall where they may. This is an important thing. People are so wary of anybody and anything anymore because you wait and write a book. You know, the world's on fire. And I knew about it two and a half years ago, but I wrote a book to tell you about it. 
They're so freaked out. And this is one of the things the women are freaked out about as well is Kavanaugh. There are all kinds of people that make charges and they don't turn out to be true. And all of these women didn't plan on telling their story. It's that the story got out because there's a lot of people involved and the story got out and then they felt like uh, we can't be framed as liars. I mean, it, it's been an agonizing and very long two weeks for Blaze Media. I urge them to call their attorney. Today is the only day I will have time until next week to comment on it or to share the story. I urge them to call the their attorney and then Blaze Media and release the story. If you choose not to, that's fine. We don't have to, but we will abide by your decision. But it's not good, gang. And the reason I feel passionately about this, to find the truth and tell you, is because this one affects me deeply. And there is no way I can be on the air and point a finger and say, justice, where is justice? Where are the people in their own party? Where are the people in, you know, the, their, uh, in the news media? You know why they don't report that? Because they're all involved or they're all friends with each other and they won't stab each other in the back. Truth is truth. And if it means I have to say things I don't want to about somebody I consider a friend, so be it. Truth is all we have. As a recovering alcoholic who violated the trust of everyone who I was close to. In the end, when I was left with nothing and I was literally down on my knees at my lowest point, I realized the only thing I wanted back was not my money, was not my fame, was was second to my family quite honestly, because I knew I couldn't get my family back if I didn't have this. And what that was, was integrity. And I vowed, I will do what you want me to do. I just want my integrity back. I cannot tell others to do what they should do without doing it myself. Please tell the truth. American Financing is our sponsor. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Sometimes it's not enough just to be careful how you spend or to make sure that you're saving you know, money back every chance you get. Inflation is on the rise. That means the value of your dollar is going down. And some of the sometimes the best laid plans of mice and men go awry. If you're dealing with debts, maybe it's time to pick up the phone and call American Financing. Now, they're helping people just like you get out from under that debt burden and start to realize significant savings. Imagine 
saving $700 a month. $700 a month. That's what they're helping the average customer to save right now through mortgage refi. Unlike credit card debt, your mortgage interest is tax deductible, and that stretches the savings out even further. So you take that credit card that you have all kinds of debt on, and you put that under your mortgage. There is a massive amount of savings between 25% and 5 or 6 or 7%, and that 7% is deductible. You also might be able to delay up to two mortgage payments. Start today. Call them today. See if they can help you. 800-906-2440. or AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds. Station ID. This makes me nervous when my executive producer won't even look at me. During the commercial. <laughs> Usually we look at each other and he's like, okay. Well, you wouldn't a, even uh, certainly an, uh, a personal moment for you, I think. It's something you're trying to understand that has great uh, personal significance. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, as with all these things, it's so hard to know what is true and what isn't. And all you can do is try to cover it the most fair way possible and take your personal feelings out of it. And I think that's what you've tried to do, certainly. I mean, I, you know, it's a difficult thing for anyone to accomplish, but I think that's what you've tried to do. That's yeah. all you can do. I don't want to be the one sitting. I mean, nobody can. I, I don't want to judge anybody. I, and I hope I don't. I don't judge. I don't judge any man's soul. And I believe in redemption. I mean, that that's the sad part about all of this. This should have all just been covered because there's nothing illegal charged. This should have all just been covered with God. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Oops, really bad mistake. Sorry, then do your work to clean it up. And, you know, God finds a way to use the worst stuff when you turn it over to him. He makes, you know, lemonade out of lemons. Please, just clean it up in your own life. Okay, another breaking news story. And the house without a speaker that's coming up next the glenn back program well considering how much the value of the dollar is going down day by day it's got to be a huge relief when you can find something that doesn't seem to cost too much that's one of the reasons i love car shield car shield you don't have to worry about how much it's going to cost you if your car breaks down because car shield allows you to lock in the price on your coverage plan when you enroll with car shield you're getting protection plans that start as low as a hundred dollars a month now imagine we hit real inflation that's going to be like a dime how great is that car coverage for like a dime uh, you get the, your choice of an ASE certified mechanic, 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance, complimentary towing, and rental car options. You also get no long-term contracts. And CarShield administrators are going to handle all the paperwork and repairs so you don't have to. Maybe most importantly of all, considering the whole inflation problem, you get a price lock guarantee. Your price will never go up no matter how many claims you file. Never go up no much no matter how many how many miles you put on your car. Car Shield 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100 carshield.com/back.
These bigger investigations are part of the future of The Blaze. There's a big one about, about January 6th up there today. Don't miss it. Theblaze.com. Check it out. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. So there's another story. Can somebody check and see if this is up on the blaze yet? Is it up on the blaze? Because I got another breaking news. I don't know if, if we're supposed to share this one yet. Or Is it up? Do you know? Can I talk about this? <laughs> you can't talk about any of the stories you want to talk about. Okay, That's good. the rule right. of the day. Okay. It's kind of right. like a parlor trick to see if you can yeah. do a show without talking about any news. Well, Bla- <laughs> Blaze Media has... Um, We've we've got some things in our future, and um, and today is a good example of what's hopefully uh, coming in a big way. Um, it is time to make the media, the the so-called mainstream media, uh, it is time for us to have them react to us. Why are we keep? Why do we keep act, reacting to a group of people who are obviously lying? Everybody in the country, except for like 14%, know that they're lying. They don't trust them. So why would we watch them and then, uh, you know, react to them when nobody else is watching them? It's time to set the agenda ourselves. And uh, so we have gotten together with Steve Baker. He is uh, an investigative journalist, and he has done months of work. This is so expensive. He's done months of work. Uh, and he has just released a story on Blaze Media, uh, theblaze.com. Did Pelosi's security chief perjure himself in Oathkeeper's trial? Now, this is something that we have known was coming for a while, those of us who work at Blaze Media, some of us. Um, but the story is more damning when you read it than even... Uh, I felt it was when some of the details were sketched out for me. Let me give you the narrative here. To prove that the Oath Keepers were seditionists intent on overthrowing the U.S. government and preventing the execution of the laws, federal prosecutors claimed that while inside the Capitol, members of the group were involved in a contentious interaction with law enforcement. The incident supposedly took place in an unmistakable public area, the top of the stairs next to the Capitol Rotunda, also known as the small or mini rotunda or speaker's lobby. Yet, despite the fact that there are at least 1,700 cameras in and around the building and grounds and 41,000 hours of footage, many of which directly covered this well-traveled area, no direct video evidence of the alleged confrontation was ever presented to the jury. That got our investigative reporter Steve Baker going, hmm. Much of the video footage has been kept from the public defenders, no less than the public themselves. So the the people defending these guys couldn't even get access and say, let's see this. At trial, this key piece of evidence purportedly proving the seditious intent of the Oath Keepers was based on accounts of two law enforcement officers. Again, this is breaking news investigative story. You can find it at theblaze.com. 
U.S. Capitol Police Special Agent David Lazarus, a member of the Speaker Nancy Pelosi's security detail, testified that he passed by USCP officer Harry Dunn engaging with four Oath Keepers three or four times while he was evacuating staffers for Pelosi who were trapped in a locked office in her chambers. Lazarus went on to explain that he observed Dunn arguing with rioters, and during that exchange, he eventually found an opening through the rioters where he was able to rescue 10 or uh, 11 or 12 of Pelosi staffers. During his sworn testimony under oath, Lazarus went into great detail about the problems he had getting through the crowd of rioters gathered at the top of the stairwell where Dunn was having what became a much publicized interchange with the Oath Keepers. Lazarus explained that one rioter asked, who are you? Who are you? And then, according to the trial transcript, he testified. And, you know, one attempted to. I had my lanyard on my, with my ID on it, and one, they were videotaping, and one attempted to pull my, at my ID. It was kind of like they just grabbed it, and I grabbed it back and, and looked and made sure it was still there. And then I saw the opening. So then I just kind of like walked fast to get uh, into the office and check the, on the staff again. That's a quote from the trial transcript. Lazarus' detailed description of what took place, what Lazarus described as very antagonistic in the three or four times that he passed by. This was a dramatic moment in the trial. Quote, every time I interacted or came by, and yes, it was antagonistic. This is what he said under direct questioning by the assistant of the United States attorney, uh alexandria hughes lazarus was even shown a short cell phone video clip of the four oath keepers standing in front of dunn quote and are these the individuals you observed the antagonistic conversation yes at any point in these three or four interactions in this space did you observe any sort anything but an antagonistic conversation that's correct. Well, the problem Blaze Media and Scott Baker has found um, is that none of that, not Scott Baker, I'm sorry, Steve Baker, none of that actually happened. What? This is now according to direct video evidence that the jury was never allowed to see. Three Blaze Media contributors, including this writer and the House Oversight Committee staffer, recently examined U.S. Capitol CCTV video, which appears to prove conclusively that Special Agent Lazarus was not in that part of the Capitol at the time he claimed, but was in fact in the lower tunnels that led to the Senate office building escorting senators away from the Capitol by analyzing the footage from multiple CCTV cameras and comparing. And I know what you're thinking. If you're thinking, oh, well, he was they just got the time wrong. It happened. Just keep listening. Comparing the timelines associated with Officer Dunn's actual interaction on camera with the Oath Keepers 
it is clear that Lazarus did not arrive at the top of the staircase until three and a half minutes after the last of the Oath Keepers had left the area and were exiting the Capitol building. Got that? So the guy who was being antagonized, that officer, he didn't arrive at the staircase until the Oath Keepers were already out. And the Nancy Pelosi staffer claimed he saw him with the Oath Keepers at the top of the stairs three or four times and had to get past them. Lazarus returned to that area in the Capitol occurred just after 3.05 p.m. After tactical units from the ATF and D.C. Metro Police had completely cleared the top of that staircase, the speaker's lobby and the speaker's offices of all protests. So him doing this heroic save wasn't happening. In the absence of video evidence at the trial, Lazarus' testimony served as verification by a trustworthy law enforcement official of Dunn's account to the jury of his interaction with the Oath Keepers. But even without consulting the new video evidence, both men are on record offering conflicting accounts of the circumstance in which they supposedly encountered each other at the top of the rotunda staircase. Lazarus claimed... He saw Dunn involved in a conflict with the Oath Keepers as Lazarus came up the stairs. Dunn claims the opposite, that he saw Lazarus involved in a conflict as Dunn came up the stairs. Blaze Media acquired an advanced copy of Dunn's forthcoming book, Standing My Ground, a Capitol Police officer's fight for accountability and good trouble after January 6th. It's scheduled for release on October 24th. On pages 79 and 80, Dunn describes his first encounter with the, uh, of the day with Lazarus. Quote, I took off, running up a winding spiral staircase toward the speaker's lobby. Now, as I was on the same floor as the rotunda, as soon as I had made it to the landing, I saw Special Agent David Lazarus. He was being hassled by some rioters. Now, Apparently, neither Dunn's ghostwriter nor his editor checked the Oath Keeper's trial transcript in which Lazarus claims to recount the same moment in time as this. How was your evacuation efforts? How did you interact with the space? Where were you going in relation to what you were looking at now? So I came up from the first level and I came up to the stairs behind Dunn. As I was coming up, I could see Dunn above me as he was coming up the stairs. And I look and I see him standing there and this crowd is like, like right in front of him. So Dunn claims to have been the first to see, to have first seen Lazarus already at the top of the staircase being hassled by rioters. Lazarus testified that Dunn was above me already at the top of the staircase when he arrived. Which is it, gentlemen? Which one of you has forgotten which story you were supposed to tell? Capital CCTV now reveals that Dunn reached the top of the staircase landing at exactly 2.44 p.m. Dunn could not have seen Lazarus there as Lazarus clearly identified on video now in the tunnels near the Senate office buildings at the same time.
Lazarus could not have seen Dunn interacting with the Oath Keepers three or four times, quote unquote, in a, quote, very antagonistic encounter, end quote, because Lazarus did not arrive arrive at that staircase until 2.56 p.m. The last Oath Keeper left at 2.53. Again, this is at least three minutes after the Oath Keepers had departed. In Lazarus' own trial testimony, he claimed that he was not president, uh, present when video footage shows Dunn was actually at the top of the stairs. This important element of Lazarus' testimony was not only missed by all eight of the Oath Keepers' defense lawyers, but also by the journalists reporting on the trial from the first floor media room in the courthouse. Lazarus truthfully testified that he had been escorting U.S. senators through the tunnels to the Senate office buildings. So as you're going into the tunnels, are you with the United States senators at this time? Lazarus, yes. We evacuate the entire Senate down the back stair into the tunnels, and the tunnels go across Constitutional Avenue and back up to the Senate buildings, where we had an area that was specifically set up to secure the Senate. Did you remain at this location? No. Once we started moving through the tunnels, I heard shots fired, shots fired. And so once I heard the shots were fired, I saw the senators were doing okay. We had enough agents with them to get them to safety. So I turned around and I started going back upwards where I heard the shots being fired. Well, the report of shots fired was heard on the main Ops 1 radio channel at 244. This was in response to a single shot of Michael Byrd firing that killed protester Ashley Babbitt. This is what Lazarus heard, according to the radio. There are shots fired in the House floor. I need units to respond. He then testified under oath, verified by Capital CCTV, that he was moving through the tunnels when he heard the shots fired at 1443 hours, which was 243. Dunn reached the top of the stairs adjacent to the Capitol Rotunda at 244. Oath Keepers entered that same area only 30 seconds later. Those times are also verified by Capitol CCTV time codes. Somebody went to jail on false testimony. Somebody knew this because it was very easy to verify. And somebody in the DOJ decided that that wasn't worth, that wasn't the story they wanted to tell. Who told Nancy Pelosi's strongman this story? Who told Lazarus? Who told Dunn? And what does this mean for people who are sitting and rotting in jail under false testimony? So right now, with the economy being what it is, I'm guessing that you, you're perfectly fine with selling your house and maybe moving to, I don't know, the moon. I'd like Mars. I couldn't get farther away from this planet. Uh, the real estate is maybe a little less crazy there, but that's before Musk comes up and then the prices will skyrocket. Anyway, you need an informed real estate agent, one from Real Estate Agents I Trust. We vet real estate agents in your area, and we only partner with the best ones, the ones who are going to bend over backwards to get the job done and done right. Real estate agents I trust. 
The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. In case you didn't know, the things you do with your money uh, do matter. And you can change the world, really, with your wallet as much as you can with your vote. One way of doing this is by buying things that are made here in America. And I mean, like, really made here in America, because so many people say that things are made here in America. But surprise, surprise, they're not. Um, it's hard to know who to trust. And I can tell you one place that I trust, uh, people that I trust, are the people over at American Giant. When you buy clothing from American Giant, you know that you're getting true American quality of product with merit made by people in this country for a fair wage. Every stitch of thread, every metal rivet, every drop of ink is made and assembled right here in America. You're not just buying the clothing, you're also investing in a process that will help save our country. And you're also going to really like the clothes. I mean, I've got a hoodie that I love, a couple of them, and uh, I'll be wearing those for decades to come. My wife has leggings she got from American Giant, loves them, they're her favorite. Uh, you can buy you can buy stuff cheaper. It's true. Uh, you'll get cheaper quality. You'll get crap probably made uh, in some overseas factory by people that aren't paid a living wage. You can do that. Um, it's America. You're allowed to do that. But the American Giant patch means something, and it means something for all of us. Go to American-Giant.com slash Glenn. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Check it out now. You're going to love this stuff. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. All right. Tomorrow is a very big show, very different show. If you are somebody uh, that is thinking, geez, we've got to change our ways. Tomorrow's show is a, a kickoff of 40 days and 40 nights of changing America. And uh, we begin a very different show tomorrow uh, on most of this station. Uh, also, tonight, holy cow, another amazing story. The one family that has come in legally to America, the only family that Biden's eye seems to care about, they're kicking them out of America after 11 years here in America living a righteous and legal life. Biden wants them out. Why? They're Christian homeschoolers. We'll tell you that story with the family tonight. The Glenn Beck Program. In the 1960s, about 95% of the clothing Americans bought was was made right here in America. We had employment. We had, you know, factories. And those factories could make all kinds of stuff. Now, 97% is made overseas. We don't make anything anymore. We're the financial center. Yeah, that's working out well, isn't it? American workers making American products. That is important to the people at American Giant. I want you to go to American-Giant.com slash Glenn. These are the people that are trying to save and bring back American industry. One of the things that I just, I absolutely love are their hoodies. They are the best. Their hoodies, their sweatshirts, they are the old American sweatshirt that people like Champion used to make, but they don't make them anymore because the machines aren't made anymore. American Giant went and bought the old machines. They had been shipped over to Japan. They brought them back, taught people in North Carolina how to use them. And now this mill that was going to be closed down is 
operating like nobody's business. American-giant.com slash Glenn. Clothing that means something. American-giant.com slash Glenn. I don't know how you feel about the Republicans, but they're doing a bang up job, and I have great hope for the future with the Republicans in charge because they're, they're doing, no, I think they got it together. Um, I'm sorry, did I have to say something out loud there? How do you feel about the Republicans? How do you feel about the Democrats? You know, I saw the speaker was vacated, and then the Republicans came out and said, you know what? And the other thing, we're going to kick Nancy Pelosi out of her office. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You hadn't done that before? Yeah, well, I mean, she had another private office in the office of the speaker. I mean, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to show some... You wanted to show... You wanted... What? Well, you know, in a spirit of bipartisan... Bipartisanship? What are you talking about? This is the first time the speaker, when they were kicked out weren't kicked out of the office how's that even possible and now is the time that you decide to do it really what the hell is going on mark levin is here he's going to be chatting about that and his new book the democrat party hates america Really? Yes. Yes, apparently so. Mark is here to tell us all about it in 60 seconds. Man's best friend comes with his own set of health needs. If you're a dog owner, you know what I'm talking about. It's bad enough that, you know, that we're throwing dry kibble food into a bowl. I didn't know this, but I guess I should have thought of it. You know, kibble food is sterilized, so it has to sit on a shelf by law for about two years. Well, that cooks all of the good stuff out of it. Yeah, well, yes, but they do they do spray flavor on it after they've cooked all the good stuff out. So at least it tastes good, I guess, to your dog. The folks at Rough Greens want you to know brown food is dead food. You want the greens, the stuff that's healthy for your dog. This was developed by naturopathic doctor. It has all the vitamins and minerals your dog needs. They want to send you the first bag free. All you do is call... 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. Get your first trial bag free. Uh, just pay for shipping. 833-GLEN-33 or rough, R-U-F-F, greens.com slash back. My friend, Mark Levin. How are you, sir? Let me look. I'm great. Thank <laughs> What is your take on what happened yesterday in the House? Well, I've been very outspoken about this. I know many people want to get behind Matt Gates. I am not one of them. Mm. So I guess I'm a neocon rhino sellout. But that yeah. said. Um, <laughs> don't you hate this? Don't you I, hate I, this? I put it on my business card. Oh. I don't have one, of course. 
We uh, look. You and I have spent decades fighting these wars. This is one of the dumbest ass wars I've ever seen. Why? You got guys who claim to be conservatives. One of them, Nancy Mace, who votes against McCarthy because he wouldn't put an abortion bill on the floor. He wouldn't put a gun control bill on the floor. She's a complete head kiss. You got another guy, Andy Biggs, president of the state Senate in Arizona who blocked convention of states. He runs for Congress. He wins. A woman replaces him. And then Arizona becomes one of 20 states passing a resolution for convention of states. That's where my head is, convention of states. Then you got another guy, this guy from Tennessee that nobody ever heard of before, why is he mad? He says because McCarthy criticized his religion when he spoke to him. By the way, I'm not a special pleader for McCarthy, and I'm not a special pleader for Gates. I call him as I see him, as do you. And so he says what he says. It doesn't make sense. You know why he voted against McCarthy? Because he chaired a subcommittee, and he said he worked really hard on this UFO issue, and he wanted to chair this committee on the UFOs, and Comer told him he's not in line to him. And he got very angry. That's why he votes against McCarthy. Then we have Gates who goes to the floor of the House, and I'm listening to him very, very carefully. This is very important. And he says, we didn't have regular order. He promised us 12 bills. I had Tom Massey on the show, who's a longtime libertarian conservative. Mm-hmm. He's the best of the best. I He's love the him. gold standard. Love him. He's, he said, that's not what happened. You got to get these bills out of committee. The Democrats were larding up these things. It was the conservatives who killed them in committee. We couldn't get these bills to the floor. It had nothing to do with violating a promise or anything else. And he said on my show, you can't have it both ways. Regular order where whatever comes out of a committee goes to the floor. And at the same time, we need to cut the budget. He said the Democrats were playing us. Some of the eight and others voted against it to kill it in committee so it couldn't get to the floor. So I'm listening to him, and I said, well, then, what's this 12-bill stuff that Gates... He he said, Gates knows this. I said, okay. Uh, Then I listened myself to Gates say, we have $33 trillion debt. And I said on the air, I don't remember Gates speaking up against all this COVID spending. And Massey Mm -hmm. said he never did, not once. I said, well, that was like $3 trillion right there. They wanted to spend $6 trillion. Almost none of it went to quote-unquote COVID or the pandemic. It went to the teachers' unions and everything else. I am telling you that if you're going to blow up the House, blow it up for the right reasons. I worked in the Reagan administration. We shut the government down eight times. We knew exactly why we were shutting it down. He wanted his MX missile system. They wouldn't give it to him. He wanted those medium-range nuclear weapons in, uh, in Europe to defeat the Soviets, which is what happened. And he shut it until he got it. And he fought over water projects and everything. Else. Very specific. This is, we have a $33 trillion debt, debt, so let's burn down Washington. Okay, great. So what are they going to do now? That was my the question. Democrats control the budget now. Yeah, they control I, it. I, I would love to see the, I, you know, I'm not a fan of McCarthy. However, what is your plan now? You don't run away from something. You run toward something. They weren't running toward anything. Who are they running to? Who's going to take it? They ran towards the squad and Hakeem Jeffries. Behind the scenes, they were working with them. 
while complaining that McCarthy's working with the Democrats. I don't want anyone working with them for anything. 15% of the Democrats in the House are Marxists. They're outspoken, quote-unquote, Democratic Socialists. Why the hell are you working with the Progressive Caucus and going to whatever her, Jamala, whatever, going, <laughs> trying to coordinate with her? Why, why are you going to AOC like you have a real love lust for the, for the woman? It's constant. And then you're raising money on it, and that's righteous. He's doing that for the people. He's sending out emails to put together lists to run for governor. Well, at least I'm not paid for by the special ed. Hey, bro, you have a 20-point Republican preference. You represent the Republican pan- the, uh, panhandle of Florida. And those are wonderful patriots. They're never going to vote for a Democrat. Then you got this guy, Rosendale, from Montana, who ran for the Senate and lost last time and wants to run again. And he says he prayed for a very small Republican majority in the House. So he and the others would have this control. Well, that's constitutional. So eight of you could run the House of Representatives with the Democrats? Let me tell you something. He made sure he won his election, but he didn't want enough people to come in where we had a big majority. You know, there's a lot of patriotic conservatives that lost in that midterm election that many of us voted for, like here in Northern Virginia. We had a great guy running. He lost by 1% in a purple, or actually more blue district. Loudoun County, Virginia, for God's sakes. And am I glad he lost? So Rosendale has more power? This guy's from Montana. He has nothing to do with me. And so you've got all, just so many weird things going on. And people need to scratch their heads and ask this. Is Chip Roy a rhino? Is Mm -mm. Byron Donalds a rhino? Mm -mm. Is Jim George? Is every other member of the Freedom Caucus who voted against these guys? Are they rhinos too? No. There's a difference between anarchy and constitutional conservatism. Read your constitution, folks. There's no anarchy in there. There's no mobocracy. They oppose the mobocracy. They oppose the powerful central government. You know this. They set up a complex governing system. Our only hope right now is the House of Representatives with a tiny majority. The Senate Republicans have sold us out. And here's the bottom line. That last bill that they proposed was negotiated by Chip Roy and Byron Donalds with Ted Cruz and other conservative Republicans in the Senate. The plan was that this would pass. The greatest cut in a short-term CR probably in American history, certainly in our lifetimes, 30% protecting the Defense Department, the Border Patrol, and veterans. That was it. So that would affect the FBI. It would affect the Department of Justice. It would affect all this stuff. And it was negotiated by the conservatives, get it to the Senate, so we have some leverage over Mitch McConnell, who's a real SOB, that guy, selling us out every time. Five of them killed it. They said, no, shut the government down. They said, shut it down. This is better. We don't know what we'll get if we shut it down. Do this. And we have the support. We negotiated with the rhinos and everything else. They're with us. Let's do it. And they killed it. That's why I've I've had it with these people. And people shouldn't just follow them. Wow, they were really going to do it. They're doing nothing. Zero. 
And I'll tell you one other thing. You would, I would not negotiate with Hakeem Jeffries and these Democrat Marxists and the squad and all the rest of them if you put a gun to my head. These people are destroying our country at every turn. They are the enemy, not adversaries. They are the enemy. And you're cutting deals with them. You're throwing in your vote with them, and then you're saying you're the true believer. You're cutting deals with the Democrat majority. And now we're going to have a bigger bloated budget. The border's going to remain open because part of that bill that they opposed had the strictest restrictions on the border ever passed by the House of Representatives. I read it. It's unbelievable. Would it pass the Senate? Well, they don't control the Senate. But it would have given our conservatives in the Senate something to negotiate with. Look at the House. Look what they passed, Mr. McConnell. We've got to do something about these things. Now they have nothing. Zero. And so I would ask people who are defending and promoting these people, do you know who they are? How many of you know the guy from Tennessee? How many of you know the guy from Montana? How many of you really know about Nancy Mays, who's a complete head case out of South Carolina? So this is my problem, uh, that we had good momentum going in. Forget about personalities, about, about McCarthy and Scully. I don't care. We had good momentum going in, and now we're stuck. Everything, everything is frozen. Everything. And we're attacking the most conservative body we have. If it's not conservative enough, let's fix it. The Senate's gone. The presidency's gone. The courts are gone. We have a five-vote majority in the House who are doing more with that five-vote majority than anybody else, and we just crippled it. What the hell are we doing? That's my take, Len. Well, you know, the one thing I love about having talk show host on is I asked a question about, I don't know, 11 minutes ago, and it was it was a great answer. I was waiting so, for you to interrupt. <laughs> no, I didn't want to. It was a great answer. All right. I want to talk to you about, I mean, you know, I don't think there's anything more plain. The Democrat Party hates America. Uh, I believe it. I want to hear your case. Uh, we'll do that in 60 seconds. Uh, you can't talk your way out of pain. If you have happen to be living with it, you know. You can't reason your way out. You just have to play that delightful game where you keep trying things until something works, or you just give up. You're like, ah, this is not going to happen. It's not worth it. I can tell you that that is the way I felt for a long time, for about five years. And thank God I live with a wonderful, wonderful woman, my wife. She, she insisted, you're trying everything. You're trying this. And I'm not listening to you whine all the time. You got to try this. So I did. And it was a relief factor. Three weeks later, I told her that it wasn't working for me. She said, fine. And so it was the deal. Three weeks. I stopped taking it. And then my pain came rushing back. And I was like, okay, okay. All right. I was wrong. It was working. I thought there I was just having a good couple of weeks. Now, relieffactor.com. Try the... The quick start, it's a three-week trial, just like I took. You take it as directed and then be honest. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four, Relief. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. So before we get to the book, how much time do you have, first of all? 
Can can I keep you until about a quarter till? Let me see. Actually, yes, I have a lifetime, my brother. How are okay. you? <laughs> Uh, I mean, this is the opposite end of the clock for you too. I mean, you're getting up and you're, and you're this fired up. I love it. Um, so Mark, first, let me, let me ask you, do you see a plan? Is there a plan? Is there something that we're hoping for at this point? No, I'd love to see one. I mean, when, when Gates is asked, who would he accept? He starts naming liberal members of the house. I'm going, holy crap. Um, I don't know what the plan is. Uh, I don't even know who would want to be speaker at this point. Forget about uh, McCarthy and so forth. Uh, thinking, okay, you're still going to have these eight. And the way this works is, from a propaganda and demagoguery point of view, these guys are going to claim victory no matter what happens. So in other words, let's say they actually pick, let's say a Jim Jordan, who I love, who I think is terrific. Yes. And they're going to say, see, if it wasn't for us, you wouldn't have Jim Jordan. That's, they, they've got it all planned out. And the fact of the matter is one of the biggest supporters of the previous speaker was Jim Jordan. And he even gave a speech on the floor. Why? I asked him. He said, because he let us do what we needed to do. He never interfered. We would tell him what we need. He'd say, if you need a subpoena, whatever you need, I'll take care of it and so forth and so on. The Rules Committee, there were more conservatives on the Rules Committee in the history of the House of Representatives. Uh, they had Tom Massey on there, Byron Donald's on there, and another conservative, oh, Chip Roy, who had the power to block anything and to promote anything. And so uh, he said uh, he's been in the House for, for a while now. He said he came into the same time as McCarthy did. And he said it's never been more open, period. And he said it's so open that everybody with a grievance was thinking about voting against him. So that's how you get the Nancy Maces in there and the Rosendales and these other people in there. And, uh, and that's why I think Chip Roy's biggest problem was sometimes we have to accept victory. When we have a 30% cut in a border security bill, which is the strongest the House has ever passed, this is, a, this, is, this is a 30-day bill. Why the hell wouldn't we just pass it? I said, it beats me. That's why I'm not a politician. I can't figure you guys out, to be perfectly honest with you. But um, so, you know, you you said, um, Mark, that the Democratic Party, I think you said 16 percent are are named Marxist. They they are fine with being Democratic, Socialist or Marxist. That's correct. How did this happen? Well, here's the truth. The fact is, and that's the point of the book. You're very good. That's a good segue there. Thank I, I you. Just Thank you. Say, yeah, well. The, uh, everything I know I learned from Glenn, man. Yeah, <laughs> right. You are, you are top shelf, baby. All right. uh, look, here's the bottom line with this book. The book explains that the Democrat Party has never accepted America's founding. It has never accepted its principles. We wouldn't have had a civil war but for the Democrat Party. The vast majority of Americans not only didn't own slaves, they never met slaves even in the South, a tiny percentage, tiny, big enough, don't get me wrong, but, a, but, but not the vast majority of the Correct. people in the South. They were too poor to own slaves. Slavery was an abomination. And who perpetuated it? The Democrat Party. Who was prepared to destroy the country to defend it? The Democrat Party, the party of the Confederacy. Look, we don't have enough time. The book's 400 pages long, but I'll tell you this. 
I decided to take on their icons, FDR. Uh, Good for you. The Kennedy family, mm. Lyndon Johnson. People are going to learn things about these people they couldn't possibly have known because the Democrat Party writes our history, or I should say rewrites our history. So all the things the Democrat Party today condemns, and we condemn, back in our history, is their history. I mean, they did this to the country, and they projected onto the Republican Party, and I talk about that as being the biggest con that's ever been perpetrated against the American people. And I explain that they supported eugenics for racial reasons. When you want a more perfect society and you're part of this progressive era, progressive movement, what I call American Marxists, early Marxists. Yeah. If you need a more perfect society, you need a more perfect citizenry. And so they backed eugenics aggressively. And, and you look at Woodrow Wilson. This was a sick man. <laughs> I mean, people, yeah, people who were applying to the federal bureaucracy mm-hmm. for jobs. Mm-hmm. The first time they put in place that you had to provide a photograph, so blacks wouldn't get jobs. Yeah. Let me bounce around a little bit. FDR. Uh, hang on just a sec. We're, we're, hang on. We're going we're gonna to pick this up. You had me at Woodrow Wilson here. Um, but uh, we're going to pick this back up with Mark Levin. The name of the book is The Democrat Party Hates America. Mark Levin. More in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, org. You know, as you're paying your bills and everything, it feels like you're paddling a little rowboat across the ocean and there's a hole in the boat. You know that cutting down and, and, and saving where you can is a good idea, the best idea, but you're probably out of options on being able to do that and you don't know where to turn. If I'm describing your bill-paying time, Turn to American Financing. American Financing, I want you to call them. They've been in the business for 20 years. I've done endorsements for them for maybe 10 years, maybe longer than that. Um, And they are people that is a family-owned, operated kind of mentality. And they don't work for the banks. They work for you. So call them and tell them your situation. You know, if you take your 25% credit card rate... And you cut it down to seven, you can pay those things off. You can save up to $700 a month. That's what the average person is saving now. Please go to AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net or call 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You'll get Blaze TV with Glenn Beck and, of course, Mark Levin. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. You know, I have to tell you, we have Mark Levin on. He is uh, the author of the new book, Democratic, uh, The Democrat Party Hates America. Um, and the one thing that, um, you know, has helped me get my arms around what's happening to us now, because um, I swore off the word evil. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to call people evil or movements evil unless, you know, it's it's actually evil. Um, and uh, I can't call this anything but evil now, what is being proposed. Because 
we're talking about a party that is shout your abortion, shout for death, uh, you know, stand up for genital mutilation of our children, uh, of putting pedophiles um, and and uh, and making them look good, telling others you'll never make it because of skin color or you're bad because of your skin color. All of this stuff is evil is just evil when do you think that really grabbed the democrat party by the throat mark well you know glenn i'd say slavery was pretty bad and <laughs> eugenics was pretty bad okay so class. maybe early yeah but that it's changed there's no question about it it's shifted and my point here is to explain to the public that this is in the democrat party's dna it is a war against the civil society, the beliefs and values that this nation was founded on. It's never embraced them. Their great icons have always rejected natural law and the Declaration of Independence. Yes. When they cite it, they keep out the parts about God. They will tell us that the Constitution was written by slavers, they call them. So therefore, everything that flows from that is illegitimate and racist. And this is how, of course, you destroy a country in many ways, and they're destroying it in every way. So now we're rewriting our history. Who rewrites their history? Totalitarian regimes, Marxist regimes, fascist regimes. They rewrite their history. You know, the people who really get what's going on here, I talk to them all the time. I know you do, too. The people that have come from authoritarian countries, and they all look at me and say the same thing. What the hell is happening? Why, uh, why aren't Americans waking up? Well, what? I mean, well, this is what happened in my country. What are you doing? Yep. And what you had is so right on, because in writing this book, the research, I read one pretty well-known scholar after another who escaped these regimes, the Third Reich, Mao, Castro, Soviet Union. They all say the same thing, pretty much. Uh, the language has changed to accommodate the party. The party replaces the state that is the country. You need allegiance to the party. Uh Everything comes through the party. That's why it's centralized. And everything is said to be done in the name of the people in one virtuous promise after another virtuous promise. It's almost like a cloud of hypnosis. Mm -hmm. It's the public. And people get used to being dumbed down. They get used to using words that they never used before in a way that they never used them before. They get used to censorship, and the scarlet letter and the wokeism. And then one day they wake up and say, what the hell's going on? And that's when it's too late. Because it's very hard to reverse these things. That's why, to come full circle in the opening of your discussion with me, when I look at what's going on and what just took place yesterday, I get nauseous. We have a, we have a party that is literally destroying this country that is unchecked. We have a five-vote majority in the House. It's the only place that anything is taking place. And in our republic, such as it is, as it remains, we have divided government. We control barely one-half of a bicameral Congress. Anything that comes out of that House can be vetoed. If it even gets through the Senate and their filibuster and Mitch McConnell, you want to know the real uniparty? Mitch McConnell and Schumer. You want yes. to know the rest of the Yuma party? Yesterday, Gates and Hakeem Jeffries. Now, that's sick. So I just want to make the point. The point of the book is 
look, ideas do have consequences. Marx has consequences. The founders' ideas had consequences. But people need to know the truth. And that's why there's 65 pages of hundreds and hundreds of endnotes at the end of this book. And it took me 16 months to write it. The fact of the matter is that people understand really what the Democrat Party, the black community understands that the FDR not only didn't lift a finger for the black community, but, for example, when a federal anti-lynching bill hit his desk in 1940, he wouldn't sign it because he was running for an unprecedented third term and he wanted to win the South. Joe Lewis came out, the great boxer, Hmm. and said, I'm voting for Wendell Wilkie. I'm not voting for him. Or 1936, when FDR excluded, uh, invited all the white Olympians. Yeah, Jesse Owens not invited. The great Jesse Owens. Jesse Owens was asked, did Hitler snub you? He said, Hitler didn't snub me. I never met Hitler. Franklin Roosevelt snubbed me. And from that point forward, he was a Republican the rest of his life. People need to understand the history here, our anti-Semitism. You look at Franklin Roosevelt. Obviously, the Holocaust was occurring at the time. He tells the New York Times and others, kind of keep it quiet, William. That's not really our focus right now. And also, what does he do? His good friend, when they both worked at the Navy Department under Woodrow Wilson, his good friend was in charge of immigration at the State Department. And the Jews who were trying to become refugees and flee Europe and especially Germany We were way under our cap. There was a quota for different ethnicities for Jews. And he refused to let them in. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them. Congress found out about it in 1944 and had a fit. And only then did FDR remove him. But a lot of people went to their gas chambers that didn't have to go to gas chambers, Nazi gas chambers. And I go to LBJ and all the rest of them. They're all... Really, we've had we've had lies. Tell me how. T- tell me how LBJ is the champion of the Great Society, the guy who stopped the Civil Rights Act in 1959, and then became the champion of the Black family with everything in the Great Society. It. it, it I mean, you couldn't design a more racist package and a more destructive thing to the Black family than that. How that happened? Right. It happened because he's a Democrat. They control the media. They control the history. LBJ never had an epiphany. His two greatest biographers say hey, he never had an epiphany, and all of a sudden he became a civil rights leader after spending his entire life and his public career as a racist segregationist. You talk about this 1957 Civil Rights Act and Eisenhower. Eisenhower was serious about it, and he was pushing the Civil Rights Act uh, remember, he sent the 82nd Airborne down there <clears throat> to Arkansas, I believe it was, mm-hmm. to straighten things out. But that said, he goes into Eisenhower, and this is all in the book, and he says, I'm going to block this law. And Eisenhower says, why? He said, because I don't believe in it, and I've got the, the numbers to block it. He says, unless you take the teeth out of it, the enforcement mechanism. Hmm. So Eisenhower is furious. But several months later, he and his staff get together and they say, well, we can't get anything if we don't do this because Johnson's going to block it, the filibuster. So he signs it. And Johnson goes to his fellow segregationists from the South and he says, support it. It's got no teeth. So they support it. 
Now, why did Johnson do this? Because he was plotting to run for president. And he wanted to come off, wanted to play both sides as a civil rights leader to the North and as the great savior to the South. And that's exactly what he did. This man never had, this man, right up to, to his death, was using the N-word left and right. Oh, we yeah. have the audio of it. Horrible. His butler said so. His driver said so. He was a nasty dude. And even when he nominated Thurgood Marshall to the Supreme Court, he said, I found a really important N-word because when I appoint an N-word, I want the world to know that I appointed that N-word. This is what you're dealing with. So let me ask you. How many Republican governors were blocking schoolhouse doors? (laughs) Nobody. Um, Let me ask you, the the whole thing— is you know marxism is against all human nature it just it that's why it never works it's against human nature um but they go further than this they i believe are anti-human and you know it with eugenics now they're doing it through transhumanism it's the same thing they're just trying to be god and create the perfect the perfect society which will look exactly like what? Like hell. Mm. Because human beings are created as imperfect creatures. And we have imperfect societies because we have imperfect people. So societies are built around imperfect people, not built around perfecting human nature. So in other words, if you're a really lousy person who's committing criminal acts, you're supposed to have a rule of law, and you go to prison, and we take you out of society. You don't destroy the entire society and recreate it. Based on what? Based on Marx? And I talk about him, too. What a slovenly, stupid man he was. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't even write half of his stuff. And in the Communist Manifesto, you talked about the family. He specifically says you have to destroy the family. Yes. You have to destroy religion. You have to destroy anything. Gramsci, Gramsci, which you talk about in the book, said the same thing. Gramsci, all of them. Lenin, they all believe this. Stalin, and so that's why you have millions of people dying. Or in our country, millions of people impoverished. And now on the border, hundreds of people dying. From eugenics, thousands of people dying. From abortion, God knows how many people dying. You know, Mark, let me get, I've I've only got about 90 seconds left. Is this revolution, Uh which is what we're, what we're in right now? I'm kidding. Yeah. Are we, do we survive this? Do we, show me a path to make it past the 2025 inauguration. You know, Glenn, I'm always asking, am I a pessimist or am I an optimist? Or what are the answers? I read many books with answers in the back, so far they're not working. And so I say in the end of this book, and I'll say now, I don't know if we win or lose. Right now we're losing. But I would say this, like a military operation, if you're a patent or somebody like that, I'm not in the prediction business. Fight like hell for your country, for your family, for your faith, for your liberty. In every way you can in your role of life. Even just reading a book and passing it on to somebody else. There are tens of millions of us, tens of millions of Thomas Paines and Paul Revere's out there who do not, who do not accept what's happening to this country. So it's our job as citizens. What 
trouble you are. I don't care if you're a janitor, an electrician, a lawyer, a doctor, whatever you are, whomever you are, you come across people every day. Engage them. Speak to them. You don't have to beat them over the head. Explain that that party over there doesn't believe in what you believe in, even if they're Democrats. I don't mean these zombie activist bomb throwers. I'm talking about there's a lot of Democrats out there who've yes. served in the military, who are police officers, blue-collar workers. Yes. They have no idea who is behind this. That's why I wrote the book. That's why the title is Blunt as Hell. That's why Barnes & Noble won't display it. Jeez. That's their problem. Yeah, well, good thing we don't need them anymore. Um, Mark Levin, thank you so much. The name of the book is The Democrat Party Hates America. You want to learn the real story behind the Democratic Party? This is it. The Democrat Party Hates America by Mark Levin. As always, Mark, it is good to have you and, and great to be your partner. Thank you so much. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Bye-bye. 20 years ago, stunning development in sleepwear emerged on the scene when Mike Lindell introduced to the world to MyPillow. Now, 20 years later, he's upgraded the original MyPillow with new technology. MyPillow 2.0 has the same patented adjustable feel. It is crazy. I don't know how. You know those uh, things that are you know, like they're, they're, I don't know, they're kind of like Legos or, you know, pickup sticks or something you just kind of they're all connected and you can pull them up and they're a, a big ball oh yeah they're like in every like science store yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay <laughs> that's what the my pillow is it really is i don't mm. know the structure inside but you can fluff it and it it stay it's weird i don't know how he's made them but anyway now he's improved it now it's made with fabric that actually has temperature regulating thread $79.98, a limited time right now. Go to MyPillow.com. Use my promo code Beck. You'll get it for $39.99. That's $40 and a penny off. Uh, MyPillow, 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. I don't think you're going to use it or need it, but, you know, it's there. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener's special square and get the queen-size MyPillow for two point, uh, the MyPillow 2.0. Uh, for thirty nine ninety nine, king size for only ten dollars more. Eight hundred nine six six thirty one seventeen. Eight hundred nine six six thirty one seventeen. My pillow two Get it now. Join the conversation. Eight 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 seven two seven. Back the Glenn Beck program. Tonight, 9 o'clock, you're going to meet the one family that the Biden administration uh, is trying to deport. It is a Christian family that came here with legitimate asylum needs. And uh, out of, you know, out of the millions of people, we're going to have, by the end of his administration, the we, we'd have enough illegals here now that have just come in under his administration to be the 11th largest state. Okay, but he wants to kick this family out. You're going to meet them tonight. You don't want to miss it. Of course, you could, you could watch. Uh, what is it? Uh, the, the source tonight. Oh, on the, CNN with, uh, with, um, Caitlin Collins. Caitlin Collins. Yes. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. If I said, "Hey, did you see the source last night with Caitlin Collins?" How many people would 
would know the network, would know her name, hmm. would know the show. I mean, would, the net, they know would, the time part. I mean, we're at zero point one on almost all those questions. Yeah. Her name, maybe twelve percent. No, of America knows her name. No, I, well, she's the. I mean, she did the thing with Trump. She's their lead. But, White but it was supporter. on CNN. That's like well, the that's like the witness protection program. You go to CNN if you don't want to be found. <laughs> that's a, that's a fair point. All right, yeah. I'll lower my estimate. Okay, eight, right. six, no. six, six, four? Maybe, maybe six, okay. four. I mean, nobody's watching the Glenn Beck program. to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I want to give you a a little sneak peek into what's happening tonight and why it's important on the Wednesday night special on Blaze TV. Uh, Also, some breaking news, and this has been a long time coming. Did Nancy Pelosi's security chief perjure himself in the Oath Keepers trial? Investigative reporter Steve Baker has just released a exclusive story from Blaze Media at theblaze.com. I urge you to read it and spread it to everyone. It will, it will answer a lot of questions and open up even more questions. And how does this affect those who have been sentenced to prison? Wait until you hear the story from the horse's mouth, Steve Baker, in 60 seconds. First, if I say to you there is a uh, there's a way to buy high-quality, delicious, all-American beef and chicken and seafood and pork and save money while you're doing it and help others in need at the same time, that's a pretty high bar. But we can pack it all into one claim when it's true with Good Ranchers. When you subscribe to any of their monthly meat boxes, you're going to get two years of free ground beef. That's 144 meals you don't have to pay for. And the extra on the values as well, Good Ranchers spends their own money to provide 10 meals per box that you order to Americans in need. They give out 240 meals over the course of your subscription. That is the spirit of America. So head on over to GoodRanchers.com. Use my code BECK for $25 off of any box. Plus, you're going to get two years of free ground beef with your order. And you'll lock in your price. It's GoodRanchers.com. That's GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK for $30 off at GoodRanchers.com. Steve Baker has been on the uh, program a few times, uh, and uh, he is a um, an investigative reporter that has been doing some have been doing some work, uh, and it's now exposed on theblaze.com. He has been working on the January sixth puzzle for a while now, and his efforts have been frustrated 
uh, over and over again by the politics in Washington when he's just trying to find the truth. The story that has just been released this morning, did Pelosi security chief perjure himself in the Oath Keepers trial, has wide, wide consequences. Welcome, Steve. How are you? Glenn, I am living proof that a man can live on coffee alone. (laughs) (laughs) You started this a year ago today. It was one year ago yesterday, Yesterday. October 3rd, during the Oath Keepers trial, was the first scent that there was something wrong. Something happened in the trial first thing that morning when the prosecuting, the lead prosecuting attorney, Jeff, Jeffrey Nessler, uh, assistant U.S. attorney, approached the lectern and the bench and said to Judge Ameda, we have a problem. He said, we have a, a rogue attorney that is about to release some FBI 302s. These are interviews of one of the characters in this story that we released this morning. And that if he does that, this is going. To, these are sealed documents that are not publicly available, and we can't have that. And Judge Maida did something that I had never seen before, and I think I don't know that any of the media uh, in the media room where I was sitting had ever seen this before. He actually directed the media pool to put out a tweet and threaten this particular attorney and let him know that if he released that those sealed documents, he would have him held in contempt of court. And right then I went, what are in those documents? So what was in those documents? They're still sealed, but I will tell you that the documents themselves were the actual FBI interviews of one of these Capitol Police officers and the primary problem that the government has with those documents is that the testimony was changed, his testimony about his interaction with the Oath Keepers, which in the first testimony, he revealed to be a positive interaction that the Oath Keepers lined up between him and the more agitated protesters and assisted him in keeping them off of him Mm. and helping him de-escalate. That was in May of 21, that interview. In August of 21, this officer was brought back in and the testimony was changed into an aggravated, contentious uh, event with the Oath Keepers, and as well as the creation of a second event to explain the first FBI interview that never happened. So it is it is amazing to me, reading your story, it is so well laid out. Um, however, what makes this different, it's not he said, she said, or he said, he said. No. Uh, because you had uh, permission to go into the 14,000 hours uh, a videotape, you knew what you were looking for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And in the story, you knew what time it even happened because the testimony was gunshots, yeah. uh, you know, gunfire. Right. And so that marked it at a certain time when they they shot an innocent. So tell me about what you found, what the story was in the the testimony, and then what you found on the tape. Well, the story in the testimony from Special Agent, now this is Capitol Police Special Agent David Lazarus, is that when he heard the gunshots at 243-244, broadcasted over the radio that shots had been fired, that he was down in the tunnels 
escorting senators towards the uh, Rayburn building to the other Senate uh, right. office buildings. And that's quite a, quite a long distance away from the House chamber where allegedly these shots were fired. He said at that moment at 244, he began turning around and heading back. Well, when we because we knew what to look for, we immediately went there and we started working our way backwards and we found him in the tunnels at that time. The problem with it is that when he emerged from the Senate building tunnels in the subway system below the Capitol, and by the way, Glenn, these are videos that were never released to the defense attorneys this is- in this trial. This, if, if we were living in normal times, the people that had been convicted with any of the testimony in, 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 revolving around these guys, yeah. they would be released. Any other time in American history, they would be released because this is perjury. And somebody set this up. Somebody. And we're working on that trail mm-hmm. as well. Good. But going back to Lazarus, so he emerges and comes back into camera frame on the Capitol TVs with absolute proof of the exact time down to the second of when he emerged back into camera. He even passes under an analog clock in the subway at Mm. exactly this moment, and it's at 2.48 p.m. when he finally reaches the other side of the tunnels from the Senate office buildings. And when that happens, the Oath Keeper Officer Dunn encounter is almost already over by then. He's nowhere near it, and he still has a long way to go. And then we were able to triangulate because, you know, he, he'll go out of camera frame for a while, then he'll enter camera frame again from another camera. Right. And then he's down another hall, and then he enters another hallway, and then he shows up on the Senate side. And then by the time he reaches the bottom of the stairs that lead up to uh, the rotunda, and it's in a little area that variously called the mini rotunda or the speaker's lobby. Mm-hmm. When he reaches the bottom of those stairs, it's now 2.56.45 p.m., and the Oath Keepers are long gone. Okay, so now let me let me give you the exact verbiage from the testimony in the court case. Lazarus, the guy you've just been talking about, explained that one rioter asked, who are you, who are you? Then according to the trial transcript, he testified – And, you know, one attempted to, uh, I mean, I had my lanyard on with my ID on it. And one, uh, they were videotaping and one attempted to pull at my ID. And I was kind of like grabbed it back and and looked to make sure it was still there. And then I saw an opening. So so there was just kind of like I walked fast to get into the office and check on the staff again. He then detailed description of what took place, what Lazarus described as a very antagonistic in three or four times that he passed by these Oath Keepers. Every time I interacted or came by, yes, it was very antagonistic. He said this under oath. Um, When he was then shown in court uh, a a video clip of four Oath Keepers standing in front of Dunn, uh, Lazarus was asked, are these the individuals you observed? Yes, Yes. At any point in these three or four interactions in this space, did you observe any sort of anything but antagonistic conversation? No, that's correct. Here's the problem. They were already out of the building. At the time we know him now on camera, we have the videotape. Mm -hmm. The the Oath Keepers have been gone for almost 10 minutes. 
There, it was. It was not quite ten minutes. It was, but when you when you're in the Capitol uh, video room viewing this, we can yeah. we can put multiple cameras up on the screen at the same time, and then we hit one button, and it syncs all of those cameras oh my to gosh. the exact timeline. So we're able to watch. Lazarus moving through the building in one quadrant of the screen, and then we can watch when the Oath Keepers leave. So as the Oath Keepers leave, and they're walking back out through the rotunda, about to exit through the Columbus doors on the east side, it wasn't until that moment that finally Lazarus reaches that area where in great detail in the trial, and we have the trial transcripts, obviously, in great detail, he describes what he saw, and it just did not happen. So... Uh, this was a, an important part of the trial, right? It was a huge part of the trial because the one thing that the government uh, uh, was absolutely intent upon doing was not allowing anything that could be exculpatory or anything that painted the Oath Keepers in a positive light. And this wasn't the only positive interaction that Oath Keepers had with law enforcement that day. Right. You've interviewed uh, Lieutenant Tarek Johnson. Yes. Lieutenant Tarek Johnson used two Oath Keepers, re- literally recruited them to help rescue another 16 officers right. out of a dangerous situation. Right. That so, was never allowed in the trial. So, and I, you know, I learned something from the article. Let me see if I can find it here. I, I had no idea uh, Oath Keepers, seditious, blah, blah, blah. Federal cro- prosecutors claim while they were inside the Capitol, members of the group were involved in contentious uh, interaction. Uh, I don't know where it is now. But you, you talk about the Oath Keepers, how they've never, they've never had here. 35,000 dues-paying members had more than a decade's worth of spotless record providing disaster relief and security during riots and other large events. They had never once been accused or charged with a crime in thousands of operations. I had no idea. One of the things that the government could not do in that trial is they could not counter that little piece of information. And, of course, it didn't matter in front of a D.C. jury. I mean, the D.C. jury, it was a fait accompli before day one in terms of what the outcome of that trial was going to be. But one of the things that the defense did successfully present is the fact that in years and years of disaster relief operations, security details, and all kinds of other times when they actually went and were recruited and hired by minority businesses like in uh, – Ferguson, mm-hmm. uh, like in uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and those riots where they were recruited by minority businesses to come help us protect our businesses, that we were, or the, the defense was rather able to show some of those videos. But the one thing that the government could not prove was that at any time since 2009, when the Oath Keepers were founded, that there had ever been a single time where an Oath Keeper had committed violence in any of those operations or had ever committed a crime or any charges had ever been filed. And when you think the Oath Keepers, you think, oh, they're just really bad. Isn't that remarkable how that has has been portrayed and carried by the press? Okay, so there's obviously some sort of conspiracy here because <laughs> these guys – they don't they're they're both saying the same story, but it seems to switch where one is saying, no, I saw him at the top of the stairs. And the other guy say, no, I saw him at the top of the stairs. They couldn't even get their story right. Yeah, it's inexplicable that they the editor of Harry Dunn's forthcoming book did not check the trial transcripts because when Lazarus, David Lazarus, special agent, Nancy Pelosi's head of security 
tells his version of events. He says that when he runs to the top of the stairs, that he sees this large imposing figure, because Dunn is six seven, three hundred 300 mm-hmm. pounds, plus all the gear he had on. And he sees this large opposing, uh, imposing figure in a contentious uh, moment with these Oath Keepers that were giving him the business. All right? Mm-hmm. And that's his testimony. In Dunn's book, he explains that when he ran to the top of that stairs and reached that stairwell landing at the top, that Lazarus was already there and he was being uh, confronted by protesters. Okay, so the questions that we need to ask and what this actually means. I'm afraid, Stu and I were talking about it this morning, that um, in any other time, any other time in American history, this case would be thrown out now. They would they would uh, file a charge. They got to throw this case out uh, and it would be done and people would care. I'm not sure people care. I'm not sure people. I mean, that that's where our justice system is. It only moves because somebody says something, somebody, the, the American people just won't take it. I wonder what the I wonder what the real fallout will, of this will be. And you probably have a good idea. <laughs> so we'll talk about that here in just about uh, one minute. Stand by first. Let me tell you about Jamie Dimon. No stranger to financial predictions. He says we're all on an economic sugar high right now, and he's urging uh, people to prepare for the interest rates as high as 7%. That is a staggering indicator of stagflation. Is your wallet ready for 7%? You need to be protected against the coming tide of economic problems, and you can only turn your back on them for so long before it becomes too late to build a hedge against insanity. There's another person saying a 35% dip in the stock market is coming. Well, if you have all of your uh, stocks, uh, all of your savings, everything you have for retirement in stocks, in dollars, uh, it's going to not go well. As the dollar inflates, it's not going to go well. In uncertain times, diversifying asset uh, assets matter. Take maybe 10%, 5%. And put it into precious metals. Call Goldline at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, and find out why I buy uh, the metals that I do with Goldline. Right now, with every tube or box of historic $5 gold Liberty or Indian coins you purchase, you're going to receive a five-pack of Goldline's coveted two-ounce silver Maple Flex bars. That's 10 ounces or 95 individual silver bars for free. So call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay. Uh, What is next in this? And I know you talk to people in Congress, but is this going to move Anything in D.C.? I can tell you that not only working with Weaponization Committee investigators on this story, as well as the high-ranking staffers, and I can't get into Mm -hmm. specific on-the-record details, that there will be talks about hearings, and we know what hearings result in (laughs) far too often, but uh, there has to be something next because – 
Glenn, this is this is literally an existential threat to our republic. What is taking place in our courts right this now? This is in our DC. This is our government not getting it wrong. No, this is our government setting American citizens up, withholding evidence that's exculpatory, um, sentencing them to long sentences, mm-hmm. and. Apparently, several people are involved in this. This is re- this is as bad as it gets. Even in one of the specific Oath Keepers cases during his sentencing hearing, this was the Oath Keeper, Ken Harrelson, who you can see in video holding the crowd back from Officer Dunn. I mean, he's literally got his hands extended and he's holding the back, holding them back as they were agitating Protecting. and trying to get it done. Right. And there's four Oath Keepers lined up. With their backs turned to Dunn, he's at the top of the stairwell holding an M4 rifle, and and these guys are holding them back. And in his case, particularly, Judge Maida in his sentencing hearing actually said these words. He said, Mr. Harrelson, I do not believe that you're the man that the government has made you out to be. If I could speak to Maida right now, Judge Maida, I would tell him now we know that he is not the man who the government made him out to be. You need to send him home. Have you talked to their attorneys yet, the Oath Keepers' I talk attorneys? to them every day. And now that this is out and you're able to prove this, are they going to move? Uh, they're Obviously, they're in transition from their trial representation to their different uh, legal teams that are going to be representing right. them in appeal. But these guys are, are uh, hot. They're hot. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, of course, they, you know, they, they, they all know how this was set up. And this is where the next part of this story is going is that, look, we, we know. We know that there was the equivalent of a star chamber set up mm-hmm. and said, how are we going to get these guys? And we see the process and the pattern of events of how they led to that, as well as here, absolute proof of the creation and manipulation of testimony and of something that never happened and presented in that trial. This story is a year's worth of a man's life. You must read it by Steve Baker. Did Pelosi security chief perjure himself in the Oath Keepers trial? It is only part one of a series that Steve is working on, and you'll find it from Blaze Media at theblaze.com. The Glenn Beck Program. More often than not, women regret it when they have an abortion, and often they say they would have preferred to give birth if they had just received more support from others or had financial security. A recent study found the number was in the 60% range. Imagine what these women feel. This is why preborn is so important. They step in during the darkest hour and often offer women a way to get through that difficult choice with both hope and support. Preborn uses free ultrasounds to introduce a woman into the beautiful life that's growing inside of her, which doubles the chances she's going to choose life for the baby. Then they continue to help support her and the baby for two years, both financially and emotionally. And it's all because of the love and generosity of people just like you. If you have the means, you could consider a leadership gift to save babies in a big way. Ten thousand, I'm sorry, five thousand dollars would sponsor the entire network for a day. You'd rescue two hundred babies. You'd take anything. They'll take a dollar from you. Dial pound two fifty. Say the keyword baby. That's pound two fifty. Keyword baby at preborn.com/slash/back. Sponsored by Preborn. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. Get back-to-back Studios America and Glenn TV.
on Jackson, Mississippi. Put your hands together for the world-renowned Mississippi Mass Fire. Come on and get going. Yeah. Hi. I'm very white. Not 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 very white, but very white. And uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit about Jesus and and how Jesus. Well, sing about it. Sing about it, choir. Thank you. Now I feel better. So I. Okay, to, here's what I want to do a better hiring <laughs> process. Here's what I want to Here's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about the house and what happened yesterday with the Senate, but I want to talk to you uh, in a different way. What happened yesterday? Republicans go in and they get rid of the speaker. Part of me goes, "Amen." Part of me goes, uh-oh, okay, uh, because there is no plan. Now, if you open up your scriptures to Matthew 12, 43 through 45, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, that would be like Nancy Pelosi, an impure spirit, or uh, a McCarthy kind of like guy. And it goes through arid places seeking rest and doesn't find it. That'd be like the cloakroom. Then it says, I'll return to the house I left. Oh, no. Don't go back to the house I left. But when he arrives, he finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go and live in the house. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That's how it will be with this wicked generation. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you, white man, who's the only one here listening. So what does this mean? Well... If I may, uh, as a professor, a doctor, actually, uh, somebody who's very well uh, versed in verses and other things, uh, I believe what you're saying is uh, what Aristotle said, uh, nature abhors a vacuum. Now, think about this. That's Aristotle. They didn't have vacuums. They didn't even have a plug at the time. So, you know, they had to beat their, well, they beat their wives or their weird boyfriends which they were i don't want to get into all that but they didn't have vacuums but even he knew nature abhors a vacuum or we could go back to proverbs uh, 29 18 where it says where there is no vision uh, the people shall perish so help me out where's the vision where's the replacement where's the vacuum That's what happened yesterday. You might have chased an evil spirit out. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like him. I don't know if I'd call him an evil spirit. But he did vacate the house uh, yesterday. And I don't know. It might be much, much worse. Because they didn't put somebody in place. 
Thus endeth the lesson. Class dismissed. Thank you very much. Wow. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you very much. Give me a little bit of the Mississippi Mass Choir. Just a, just a, just how much? Just a, well, just a, a lot or a, just a little. Just Here, a little bit. Just a, okay, there you go. okay, good. That's enough. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, you know, having a plan when you do something like this is 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 nice. Now, Jim Jordan has apparently announced he's going to run for House Speaker. He'd be great. He'd be an improvement, right? I think as as good as you could possibly imagine happening out of this scenario. So I like Jim Jordan. You don't? Yeah, no, I do. All of a sudden, you don't like him. Well, all of a sudden, you're um, against him. No, not at all. I mean, I think he... That's what I'm hearing. He That's voted, what America is hearing. Now, people might remember that he voted to keep McCarthy in. So yeah, I don't know if that's going to please so the So did Thomas Matthew. Massey. Right. But I don't yeah. know if it's going to please the eight people who didn't. Oh. So I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe they'll like Jordan. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. I Maybe they should look, uh, look at the options. Strike. It strikes me as that that's probably our best case scenario here. The fact yeah. that he's actually announced it is a good thing. It's not a fake run. It's not, oh, draft me. It's none of that stuff. He's actually announced it. Um, you, you assume someone like Steve Scalise is also going to jump into this. Who would be, pro- you know, pro- maybe... You don't like him either. No, I'm just saying maybe... A, Holy I cow. Think similar to McCarthy. You're maybe one of the eight. a little bit better, maybe... We'll see. Uh, so that would be good. I mean, the, the question here, there's, there's what, four different outcomes that can come out of this, right? You could go through and get all the Republicans again, get all of them to agree. We saw how difficult that was last time. But maybe that happens. Maybe Jim Jordan's the guy. I mean, I question whether moderates are going to get on board with someone like Jim Jordan. And I yeah. think you got to well, get them. We could always go back. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> we could get her back into the house. Well, I mean, you laugh, but... So let's just say four scenarios here. Yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. One. We Scenario all, one. All the Republicans come together on the same candidate. Notice the difference between our stories. I have a choir behind me. He's got nothing. Nothing. But go ahead. No one's Make singing for point. this analysis. So number one, you yeah. get all the Republicans again. Mm-hmm. All right. Difficult, but there you go. That's much better. Herb Alpert. Scenario number one. Okay. Number one, you get all the Republicans together again. They just approve this thing. They find a guy. They all come together on. Now, what's that gonna? What's the result of that? I would argue. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Is my favorite piece of music. It really is. Fantastic. You know, this works for anything. For anything. No, honey, will you marry me? I mean, please. No, it does. Doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so that in that case, you get something similar, mm. most likely, right? Something similar to what you had with McCarthy. Could be a little bit better. Could be a little bit worse. Why'd you stop the music? What the heck? I wanted the horn. That's the only part of this I'm listening to. <laughs> so, could be a little bit better, could be a little bit worse. Next example. <laughs> next next example. Is I you, don't know why this is so funny. I don't know either. Good. So, you uh, you get, you don't get the eight, let's say, that mm. uh, went against uh, uh, McCarthy. <laughs> you don't get them. But right. So, to... to to, to make up for that, you've got to pull in a few Democrats, right? A few moderate Democrats. You pull in, you get them. Now, if a few moderate Democrats are going to approve it, you can be sure it's going to be worse than the certain the, the current circumstances, right? Pretty much, yeah. Worse, okay? Yeah, worse. The next scenario, we're getting worse and worse by each scenario, mm-hmm. is you basically get someone in the middle that doesn't appeal to the hard left or hard right, but it comes together like a... I don't know. Uh, Mitch McConnell. A, a Mitt, I was going to say, no, McConnell is more like the last option. This is more like a Mitt Romney, John McCain figure. Someone in the very middle who pleases a bunch of Democrats and Republicans. Does this sound this better? Is, this Does this is, sound like an improvement? This is turning into a horror movie. Right, we're into... Air- it's like Cujo. 
We're into even worse territory here. Wow, okay. But that's not the worst that's possibility. That's not the worst one. Okay? So the worst possibility is you get all the Democrats and pick off five, six Republicans? You only have to pick up the six most liberal. So what if you have a nominee that is all Democrats and six of the most liberal uh, Republicans who are defending their purple districts, right? Get them all together to pick a nominee. Does that sound like... That's catastrophic. That's basically Democratic control, and you've lost control of the House. So let's go through just the summary of our four scenarios here. I mean, when did... Hold it. When did I... Stop the music. It's too silly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When did I... Become the guy where I was bringing, you know, I was bringing something to the table that was like joyous and happy. And you are the one Uh bringing me down, brother. You've ruined me. You've broken me over the years, Glenn. I no longer have any options. Put your hands together. (laughs) Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I mean, we're all going to die. Can I get an amen? (laughs) The church is going to burn to the ground. Amen. <laughs> but the Lord like. will save us. So our four options here. Yes. Similar, worse, even worse, catastrophic. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Similar. Give me a, similar. Worse. Worse. Even worse. Yeah. Catastrophic. You didn't name the first one. Great. What? Which? Great. S- similar. I mean, what, no, our best no, no, no. our best outcome would be probably Jordan, right? Jordan and, and Jordan would be good. He would be, be good. better an improvement. Yes, if it works out that way, I'll take that as good. a great. I mean, it's good. No, I'll take it as a great. Again, the people who are complaining, I need something to hold on to. I'll take, I'll take it. You know what? I'm with you. I'll take okay, it as a thank great. Thank you I'll very be, much. If this works, like, and and this is the way I think to think about this. Okay, I'm thinking because you see, like, you know, people like Gates kind of taking this uh, victory lap, which you know, again, he made history here, right? He, he oh, was the he first did. person to ever eject a speaker. It's a big deal, and yeah. I can understand. He obviously and has I think higher he's, aspirations. I think politically. he's going to not do well in Florida. Uh, is my guess because it looked. You know what? There are some people that can pull this off, and then other people that look like eh, you're just—I mean, you're running for something, aren't you? It, I mean, a lot of people have uh, certainly. Like it yeah. kind of feels a little bit kinda that feels way, like but that. whatever. I mean, he yeah, did, okay. and the other side of that is he has good arguments, right? We are no, thirty-three trillion great in ar- debt. And, I'm, yeah. I am. Remember, I told you, amen or uh oh. Right. I mean, I'm torn between the two. If they had a plan, I'd be thrilled. Mm. But I don't think they had a plan. But if that's the first one or the second one that you lined up, mm. I'm okay. I'm okay. Let, I, I know how to, how to relate to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because you're the father mm-hmm. of a football coach. So you know yes, yes. the sport inside and out. The so let me appeal to yes. you with a sports yes. analogy here. Yes. It's fourth and eight. Fourth and eight. <laughs> you're at your Which own. inning? Okay. You're at your own 25. Who's at the net? And you have a bunch of coaches get together on the sidelines. And the goalie is in place. Yeah. All, all of what you're saying is very true. <laughs> Don't even worry about okay, it. Good. Okay, good. I got it. Okay. Fourth and eight, your own yeah, 25. The oh, coaches good. get together. They have good, a big yeah, argument. Should we argument. go for it right. or should we punt? And what most is the of the book coaches, what is the book all the coaches are saying, do not go for it. Terrible idea. Yeah. And a few coaches are saying, hey, we go for it. It's fourth and eight in our own 25. Now, 
How many coaches do you have? I like hundreds. A hundreds yeah. of them. Wow. Eight of these coaches big team. come yeah. together and say, we got to go for it. Right. And those eight coaches win the debate. We're going to go for it. And they start celebrating on the sideline. Now, you, some might argue, number one, mm-hmm. you don't celebrate when you win the argument to go for it on fourth down. You might celebrate if you make it on fourth down. That's the time to celebrate. Secondarily, you better have a good play drawn up. Right? You better have a play that you know is going to get you eight yards in that situation because it's really important. And the issue, I think, is okay. it doesn't seem like there's much of a play yet. Okay, hang on just a second. They have a play. Oh, no. Okay, they have a play. The guy who's like throws it between his butt cheeks. Yeah, that, that guy. The center, yeah. He just mm-hmm. throws it to the quarterback. The quarterback just it. looks for somebody that's open okay. in the touchdown area, mm-hmm. and he throws it to him. I mean, this game is not that hard. You know, throw a goalie and play football with one of those lacrosse things. Right. Or even a high lie ball. Wouldn't I, that be fun? I feel like perhaps my analogy was lost on you <laughs> a little bit. And I'd say, you know, I will say one of the most amazing things in the history of America, which is a great place of great uh, possibilities, great opportunities, yeah, yeah, yeah. is the fact that your son is a, is a college football coach. Right. Like, uh, which how is, did that which happen? Is, which is less surprising than me being in the Radio Hall of Fame. Yeah. God bless America. Yeah. If I can do it. Only in America. Anyone mm-hmm. can do it. Mm-hmm. Today's the day you make an important decision. You get to keep your current cell phone plan. You know, the one where you shell out you know, big money every month to a big mobile corporation that is, you know, doling out money to leftist causes. Ah, it's another happy day in America. Or... You decide, you know what? I'm kind of tired of that. I'd like to save money every month. I'd like to work with a company that's giving me exactly the same great coverage that I get, but at a lower cost. Uh, I can change my phone. I can keep my phone. I can keep my number. I can change my number, whatever I want. And that company is actually standing behind me as an American. They kind of like the place. Yeah, you could do that. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Make the switch today. 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when it, when you use the offer code Beck. Join me. Make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Eight 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 seven two seven B C K. Can we play cut number three here? This is uh, sh- from Sean Hannity yesterday. Now, sources telling me at this hour, some House Republicans have been in contact with and have started an effort to draft former President Donald Trump to be the next speaker. And I have been told uh, that uh, President Trump might be open to helping the Republican Party, at least in the short term, if necessary, uh, if it's needed. May I just say, greatest show on earth. If we just don't care. I mean, if we don't care, and I don't think we do. I think most of Americans just don't care. You know, right now they're like, oh, this lasts forever. Greatest show on earth. Let's watch it. Yeah. Let's, 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 because he, I think he would make a great house speaker. It's also a, basically a free campaign, right? You just show up, you actually get paid 
and you show up there and everyone's going to have to cover everything you're doing every day. And I mean, I guess they do that with Trump kind of anyway. Can you imagine? He would be, he would be remarkable. That, that would, that's a word for it. That is a word for it right there. Remarkable. Because it, we would, there'd be lots of remarks about it. So it, it would be, you would be able to remark yeah. on it. Yeah. That's how strongly I feel. Yeah. It would be fascinating. I don't know. If it was somebody else's country, I'd love it. I mean, I look. And it being our country, <laughs> it could, could be, be really, really good. It would be a lot of fun. And fun. But it also could be very bad. It could just be it could just be him just yelling at people all the time, which again would be very fun. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't seem like much of a process guy. That doesn't seem like his strong suit. Which, you don't think he's he's good at the parliamentary but he rules? Can, he can wrangle people. I mean, oh. no one will say anything bad about the guy in the Republican Party, yeah, basically. Yeah, no, I mean, Unless I Unless you're that's... Chris Christie, I guess. I mean, everyone else just says, you know, wonderful things about him all the time. Uh, and I'd on like the right, that. it would be he. He probably could line up every Republican for every vote. That I will say, which and that's would the job be of the fantastic. The job of the speaker be basically. fantastic. Imagine what he would get passed. A lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. The Glenn Beck Program.